Good morning and welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards. This is C. Thomas Printer, and today we start looking backwards at the BRICS meeting held in South Africa this week. The BRICS did not announce the new BRICS currency, as many people, including I, expected. However, they did expand their membership. Which is interesting, the BRICS have a little covenant that it must be unanimous. So there was absolute 100% agreement in adding these countries. Um, the United Arab Emirates, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. By adding Iran and Saudi Arabia, they certainly added a heck of a lot of their uh, energy, of the world's energy production has been added to this currency. And um, the other interesting thing I thought about that group in particular was Argentina, considering we talked about Javier Molay, who was the primary winner, and he was pushing a dollar-based um, system of transition for the Argentina government. So they seem to have joined the BRICS, but now we have a new player in Argentina that might be looking for the dollar. So we'll see if that ends up having a long-term uh, participant if the, the power changes hands in Argentina. But on hand at the summit was the Brazilian president, Luis Lula da Silva, Prime Minister from India, Narendra Modi, Chinese President Xi Jinping, and South African President Cyril Ramaphosa. Putin, he participated virtually after there is an international criminal court arrest warrant for him for his participation in the operation in Ukraine. But... What is interesting is they are still progressing. They are tightening the noose. They're getting more and more of their ducks in a row before they actually launch this thing. So um, we will have to see. Uh, it's a bit surprising to some of us that uh, they didn't actually announce that, but they did make some, themselves stronger before doing so. So I think it's interesting and we will keep an eye on that. In a follow-up, uh, Poor driverless taxis are off to a bad start. If we go to San Francisco, we talked about Waymo and Cruz had put uh, driverless taxis into the city. Well, unfortunately, that didn't go so well. So after I think it was less than 24 hours, Cruise was forced to reduce its robo-taxi robo fleet by 50%. There were all kinds of multiple crash crashes uh, they stalled at intersections one collided with a fire truck of all things and what was interesting is there was a speech let me see here the speech was very interesting and it was booed in san francisco which is the leader of the tech world and um there was a the mc thanked the sponsors at the speech um for a robo taxi company waymo this was from yahoo news and patty smith i'm not sure who this patty smith is but when she took the stage they booed her when they announced waymo that's how anti san francisco the tech capital of the world is against these autonomous cars and i think what you're finding is they're just not working very well and that's what happened um, when they rolled those out and now they had to pull a whole bunch of them so some of the examples of this were um, one of them drove into wet concrete and got stuck one of them <laughs> was was um, uh, driving through construction lanes and it got stuck and so some of the things that we talked about that um, 
And the other one that was, I guess, the, all the phones from a concert kind of screwed with the computers in the vehicles and a whole bunch of them stalled outside an outdoor music festival. So anyway, they're not off to a good start with the driverless cars. We were making fun of them as all the homeless people could use them as new porta potties or portable porta potties. And I think that's probably their still best use. And I certainly wouldn't get one. But um, our talk about this, considering that Waymo's cars are owned by YouTube, may have got us flagged. That's right. Our third point in looking backward, looking forward this week is we did get flagged by YouTube, owned by Google, and Google owns the driverless cars, we pointed out. I assume it's for that. I mean, the only other thing we mentioned was uh, Montana kids winning a lawsuit that somehow climate change needs to be part of a mining or energy decision when, you know, all of these cars that they're building are made with plastic, made from energy. The tires are made from energy. The components are made from energy. The uh, the solar panels and all of the, uh, the green revolution stuff is made from energy. And all of this has to be mined somewhere. We can't just magically wake up and clap our hands and have all of these um, raw earth minerals and all of the copper and all of the silver and all of the energy and oil and, and gas that's needed to produce all these vehicles just magically appear. But what happened on our YouTube page? We got a link that said, we might be participating in misinformation. And there was a link to a neutral third party site that linked to the United Nations, United Nations climate action page. Well, how interesting. If there's a single source in the history of the world that has full, full of, of misinformation, it's certainly the United Nations. So this is another reason why we have a YouTube page, we have a podcast, and we have a blog. Because if one of these gets over their skis in terms of policing misinformation, when all we did was point out that Montana has clean air, and LA or some of these cities have dirty air, or that China is having no problem pushing pollution straight into the air, if this is misinformation, I don't know exactly what is proper fact-based information. So if you care to, go to our YouTube page and you can see the flagged one. It's called the Common Men of the Commonwealth. And you can go to the United Nations and you can read all about climate change. I think they also probably have a wonderful link to the coronavirus and how wonderful the United Nations handled that. So I encourage you to go read what YouTube thinks is important. If we go to looking forward, I saw an article and I am convinced that we have a hubris problem in this country. Hell, I'm probably guilty of it as well. However, Dave Ramsey is a millionaire real estate um, investor and he has a radio show. And he takes callers and callers call up and he gives them good sound financial advice on, you know, don't go into debt and pay off your debt and pay off your house and this and that. It provides you independence. And by and large, those things are all good. Probably not the, you know, the number one way to create wealth. If you go and look at Grant Cardone or some of them, they say get it as deeply into debt as you possibly can and finance everything because the, you know, the, the, the Fed just always bails you out and everything that you finance goes up. But I think Dave's operating from a pretty good place. And so one thing that caught my eye is a caller asked him if he should be worried about the decline of the dollar. Like we just talked about the BRICS. And Ramsey gave him a, a, a pithy little response of saying, you're spending too much time on the internet. China, and this is a quote, China, Brazil, and Russia are the three main players here. They already don't use the U.S. dollar as their basis of international trade. 
He went on to say, it's not arrogance, it's math. It's not that I'm blinded by the flag or patriotism, it's asinine. Now, this is my response to Mr. Ramsey. What you don't realize is the amount of dollars in the system. If we used our global reserve privilege as it is for the global reserve currency, I think you're 100% correct. We could do this in perpetuity. Unfortunately, as we've talked and will continue to talk about, is Congress continues to spend way more than we are making in tax revenues. So until we start raising taxes at a very, very high level, and I'm not just talking about the rich, I'm talking about everybody to support this. If they want to spend a lot of money, money has to come in. This is no different than a household. But right now what's happening is we are continually creating more and more dollars. And I take the last six months of this because the money supply is actually contracting a little bit as Fed um, rolls off their balance sheet. But what's happening is we're running one and a half to two trillion dollar deficits every single year. That is creating more and more dollars that are flowing into the system. And what happens is that devalues the dollar. So it's asinine for him not to be worried about this. It's asinine to him for him to call himself a financial guru and not realize this. And it's also asinine and incredibly hubris filled for him to be sitting there saying, oh yeah, you don't have to worry about this at all. Everybody should be worried about this. Everybody should be calling their congressman and telling them you need to stop spending money or you are going to wreck the dollar. Why do you think these countries are setting these things up? Because they're looking at this and saying what the U.S. is doing with a whole bunch of idiots in as their leadership is asinine. That's what's asinine and that's not sustainable and everyone knows this. This is no different than the review we've went through when Portugal had the reserve currency and Spain had the reserve currency and the Dutch and the French and the English. We are the next one to fall if we don't use this privilege correctly. We should have be learning from history and we don't seem to be learning from history which is why we have a problem. The problem is is we are fat, happy and lazy in this country and Dave is no exception. And so he's sitting there telling everyone, you don't have to worry about this when this caller from Alabama is doing a nice job and doing his own research and saying, hey, listen, there's some pretty smart people out here that are saying this is a real problem. And so, yes, it is a real problem. And it's asinine for him to be thinking otherwise. If we go to China now, China also has their own problems just because they're big and trying to create a new currency doesn't mean that they're exempt from problems. But Evergrande, one of their largest property developers, filed for bankruptcy protection chapter 15 in the US. And what chapter 15 is, it is the version of bankruptcy that allows US bankruptcy courts to um, approve cross-border insolvency cases involving foreign companies that are restructuring. So what this does is give them some time as they try to reorganize their finances. And see what's interesting about this, and um, they are a very big company that is probably over their skis over there, and they've overbuilt, and so they're having to reorganize a little bit, and this is part of boom-bust cycles. So they boomed, and now they're busting a little bit, and everyone's having to pull back, and for the last couple of years, they have. So the other one that is in trouble is Country Garden. Country Garden is the largest surviving uh, bond, um, Chinese developer. And guess what? They also missed a bond payment. So their, their US dollar bonds plunged after it missed a bond payment and they also are in distress. So they didn't pay 22.5 million in interest that was due um, 
a couple of weeks ago on a Monday and on a bond with a total face value of a million dollars, according to the Wall Street Journal. So you have China that is very um, real estate oriented and they're starting to slow down here. They're starting to feel a little bit of a deflation crunch over there. Their people are not coming back and spending like they thought. And one of the most interesting things is this. China's government could go in, bail them out, but they're not. The reason I think that the BRICS will succeed is because Russia has a pristine debt to GDP ratio. China could go in and spend a bunch of money and bail these things out, and it would probably help them. But they've looked at the United States bailing people out since 1987 stock market crash, the 91 recession, 2000, 2007, the housing crash, COVID, etc. And they're saying, uh-uh, no, not going to do it. These are cycles that happen in capitalism. You should make money and things go well, but when they go down, the bad players, the ones that get over their skis, they should fill a pinch. And if they happen to be casualties of the financial cycle, that's enough. This might be the most important thing happening right now is China's government is not bailing them out. What that does is give the Chinese government a lot of credibility. It gives their currency a lot of credibility. It gives their their country stabilization and saying, if you want to be a bad actor, we're not going to treat you like the US government treats the too big to fail um, businesses, right? What happens is you need to take your medicine. And it looks like that the Chinese are doing this. And what's happening is a general slowdown in China. And that's not the worst thing in the world, right? We used to have cycles. We've covered a whole bunch of them in this country. And every time we came back stronger for it. However, we've seen a general melee for the last since 2000. And many people call this the beginning of the, you know, the Great Recession or Great Depression of the United States is the bailout that we did when we started monetizing debts of companies and we put all this stuff on the balance sheet and um, Hank Paulson had to go kiss the ring of Nancy Pelosi to please bail this out or the banks would go broke on Monday. Okay. I can't find a single person that I go drink and have a coffee with and have dinner with or have a cocktail with that thinks that somehow they feel a lot of sympathy for these great big banks. I can't find a single one. And so if they happen to go broke, well, there's 4,000 other banks out here that we move over to someone that hadn't gotten over their skis and hadn't decided to invest in high level derivatives and swaps and CBS and MBS and all of these other things that created all these issues and all of these movies telling about how irresponsible they are. So for China to come out and say, yep, we are not going to follow that playbook. That's a long-term sign of strength in a short-term view of weakness. So it's something to keep an eye on as these great big companies in China are trying to um, survive through this period where they are having a little bit of difficulty. So until next week, I'd like to thank you all for, for stopping by. And remember this, America and Dave Ramsey, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones.